Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Therapy Matters Podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. I'm your host, Scott Rungo, and I am extremely excited about today's show. Today, we don't have one guest. We don't have two guests. We have three guests. Um, We have Aaron Bishop, who's the Vice President of Public Affairs with the APTA. We have Justin Elliott, who's the VP of Government Affairs with APTA. And then we have Kate Gillard, the Director of Health and Policy, uh, I'm sorry, Director of Health Policy and Payments with APTA. Folks, welcome and appreciate you joining us today. Happy to be here. It's a pleasure. Excellent. Excellent. Well, maybe as a quick start, if we could go around the horn, if you will, and do some brief introductions, um, tell uh, maybe just share a little bit about yourself and what you do for APTA um, in, in your roles, and um, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Uh, Kate, why don't you start us off? Sure. Happy to start. Um, like you said, I'm the Director of Health Policy and Payment here at APTA. I've been at APTA for about five years now. Um, not a physical therapist. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a lawyer by training and have spent most okay. of my career in health insurance or healthcare regulation. So um, I was well suited to join this team, um, focusing on mostly regulatory issues for physical therapy. But now my team also includes work with insurance companies. Um, so we do a lot of issues that affect daily practice that physical therapists deal with. Okay, great. Thanks, Kate. And Justin, how about yourself? Hi there, uh, Justin Elliott, Vice President of Government Affairs here at APTA. And so what that means is um, uh, me and my team, we work on issues uh, aimed up at Capitol Hill with legislation being considered uh, by the U.S. Congress, uh, as well as uh, state government affairs. So working with state chapters on state legislation um, that impacts both scope of practice and payment. And then finally, uh, member engagement through our grassroots and political action network. And so trying to get members to uh, communicate and be active, uh, not only with their members of Congress, but also with their state legislators. Great, great. Welcome. And then last but certainly not least, Aaron. Good good day, everybody. Again, it's a pleasure to be here with everybody. Aaron Bishop, Vice President of Public Affairs with APTA. I've been here a whole whopping 19 months now, so I'm definitely the new kid <laughs> on the block still on the team. And I help lead and guide the team. So when it comes to, again, government affairs work, health policy and payment work, when it looks at re- regulatory work as well as insurers, our grassroots pack, as well as, as external facing communications and our strategic alliances or partnerships program, that's all under the public affairs rubric. And I've been, like I guess that I've been here 19 months. I've worked at another association in a similar role prior to this. I've worked in the past administration as well as on Capitol Hill. And so I try to bring all of that experience as well to the table and working with everybody. That is wonderful. Well, we certainly appreciate you all taking the time out of your schedules to uh, to do this session with us. And really, it, it stems from a conversation we had with Justin Moore, who is the CEO of APTA, um, and who you all know and, and work closely with. And you know, maybe we'll start with one of the you know, key things he brought up on on the call that we did with him, and you know, candidly, is really no surprise to anybody. Um, but payments for PTs—they've been flat for several years. Um, risk of of continuously being reduced. Um, so maybe we'll start the conversation w- about 
you know, what is APTA doing um, to help address it? And, you know, uh, how do we um, make sure that our, our providers and, and the PTs are being compensated uh, appropriately for the work that they're bringing to, to bear for the communities? Yeah, so I can kind of start off with, you know, first, what's been going on in Medicare, and particularly uh, the Medicare fee schedule, which has pretty much been in crisis mode for the past couple of years, uh, and not only just for physical therapy, but for dozens of other providers, uh, surgeons, SLPs, audiologists, radiologists, um, these year-over-year cuts that have uh, been proposed uh, through the Medicare fee schedule due to a policy known as budget neutrality, which is forcing these cuts to come uh, into play for all these different uh, providers. Uh, now, we've been successful, APTA, working with um, uh, the AMA and other provider groups in getting billions of dollars in new funding to go towards the fee schedule uh, to mitigate some of those cuts. And so that's been one factor is just this uh, instability right now uh, with the fee schedule. Now, you combine that with the fact that the Medicare fee schedule is the only payment system out there under under Medicare that does not have an annual update, an annual inflationary update to keep up uh, with the cost of doing business. And so that's been a huge problem, particularly the last couple of years where we've seen, you know, 8%, 9% inflation. The cost of business is going up. There's no annual adjustment. And in some cases, we've seen payments uh, go down. So it's been this perfect storm uh, that is impacting not just physical therapy, but the entire healthcare system. Lots of providers are feeling uh, this stress uh, right now. And it really is probably, you know, it's, it's the toughest environment we've been in uh, for a number of years because of the situation with payments, with the increased cost of doing business, uh, and of course, uh, with inflation, and of course, the issues of administrative burden. Hmm. It's a perfect but, storm. Now, I will say, you know, what are we doing to address this? One of the things to highlight is the fact that, you know, at least when it comes to the issue of an inflationary adjustment, uh, for the fee schedule, uh, legislation has been introduced in this new session of Congress uh, just a couple months ago, uh, H.R. 2474, uh, Strengthening Medicare Providers and Patients Act. Um, and what this legislation would do if it's enacted, uh, it's bipartisan legislation, would provide an annual inflationary update to the Medicare fee schedule based on what's known as MEI or the Mecan- Medicare Economic uh, Index. That would, first of all, stop the bleeding. It would provide stability uh, to the fee schedule. And by providing an annual inflationary update, that means you would see actual increases uh, going to the fee schedule. So it's something that APTA is working on. Uh, We're working on, obviously, by ourselves, but also working uh, with other provider groups like the AMA, uh, like the American College of Surgeons, our friends at AOTA and ASHA, to, again, really advocate for this legislation. It does not solve every problem. There are larger reforms to Medicare that are needed, and we have a long list uh, of issues that we need to address. But it's a good first step, uh, and at least getting it out there, because we know that Congress, uh, and as we've been pushing them, needs to do larger, bigger reforms to Medicare, uh, to the Medicare fee schedule, because it's unstable, it's broken, it's not working for anybody. And so this, along with some other policies that APTA is pursuing, uh, that would reduce the cost of business, address things like the multiple uh, procedure payment reduction policy, the MPPR, looking to address that as well, looking at things like getting rid of the current direct supervision requirement for PTAs and outpatient practices, which costs money and provides uh, burdensome regulation. So looking at ways not only to increase payment, 
but let's get rid of some of the of these overly, overly burdensome regulations, which uh, increase the cost of doing business. Yeah, and let me just jump in and, and add some some of what my team's been working on as well. Because in addition to everything Justin just said, um, we've also had some huge wins recently in getting CMS to reverse the decision to stop covering telehealth for physical therapists in institutional settings. And we also fixed this issue where Medicare suddenly stopped paying for remote therapeutic monitoring codes. So I think that's something that sometimes doesn't get a lot of attention when we do work on defense in order to make sure you can continue to get paid for the things you're already doing. Um, but aside from that, sort of looking even further down the road, we're putting in a lot of work on um, the future of healthcare payment, which is really quality-based payment. Um, so we know in the long term, we're going to continue to see uh, private payers and public payers like Medicare continue to pivot more towards paying for outcomes versus paying for every CPT code you manage to bill. Um, so in order to make sure that those systems are fair and accurately reflect the work PTs do and the impact they have on a patient's health, um, we got to do a lot of legwork making sure the measures um, and the systems are in place that aren't you know, misattributing the impact PTs are doing to a different provider or vice versa so that you're going to get a quality payment score that's actually reflect, reflective of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and I'll just add on to that. I, I know a lot of the uh, focus is put on the federal level, what we're doing, you know, here in Washington, D.C., but APTA state chapters are doing a lot at the state level uh, with state legislature, state Medicaid systems, uh, state workers' comp systems uh, to address payment and administrative burden. And so we've had a number of APTA state chapters that have been successful in enacting legislation at the state level to impact those commercial payers in their state to try to increase payment for things like Medicaid at the state level. So it really is a partnership between APTA National and our state chapters uh, and as well as our academies and sections uh, to advance payment uh, both at the federal and state level. Mm. It, it takes a village, right? <laughs> it takes a village. Yeah, yeah. it takes a village. So I, I think, uh, Justin, you might have mentioned it in, in your dialogue about administrative burden, right? So we got to stop the, you know, how, how do we stop the bleeding with with cuts in terms of reimbursement? But maybe take a minute in terms of, uh, what is administrative burden? Let's let's kind of drill into that a little bit, yep. and how do we how how can we help there as well? You know, I like to think of administrative burden as a multi-headed monster. I mean, it's it's it takes so many forms, and you know, for us uh, at the federal level, at least, you know, a couple policies that we're looking to again try to provide flexibility, uh, try to reduce costs. Um, you know, again, is the legislation that APTA championed uh, in the last Congress, and that we will be reintroducing in the new Congress which would, again, as I mentioned, change direct supervision to general for PTAs, allow PTAs to practice at the top of their scope, provide therapy clinics the ability and flexibility to do what they need to do. Uh, we also have legislation that's been introduced in this Congress uh, that would expand the use of locum tenens nationwide for PTs. Um, back in 2016, APTA was successful in getting legislation passed that allows for locum tenens for PTs, just like physicians have, uh, but this was only it was limited to just rural and underserved areas. Our legislation in this new Congress, H.R. 1617, and the Senate bill is Senate Bill 793, would expand that nationwide. Again, that provides flexibilities to clinics, to therapists, to be able to do what they need to do uh, uh, to run uh, their business. 
But we have a lot of things happening again at the state level, which are exciting. Uh, states that are doing legislation to address things like prior authorization. Uh, this year we have legislation in uh, California and Maine, just to name two, that would address prior authorization. Last year we had uh, states like Louisiana, uh, Michigan, uh, look at prior authorization, Rhode Island, looking at how to do, uh, putting some limitations on post-payment audits and underpayment claims and uh, things like a couple, even in Oregon, looking at really a broad uh, approach uh, to address utilization management. So there are, uh, there are a lot of issues out there as it relates to the cost of doing business. And there are a number of policies that we are pursuing and our state chapters are pursuing to address it, at least through the legislative angle. Yeah. And let me jump in and maybe just even take us a step back and, you know, set the table in terms of what we're talking about when we're talking about administrative burden. And that's really anything that costs a practice time or money that's not directly generating revenue. So completing prior authorization requests, filing appeals, filing credentialing paperwork, you don't get paid for that stuff. So you either have to spend time doing that instead of treating patients or hire somebody else to do it. So if we can reduce administrative burden, while maybe we're not directly influencing reimbursement rates, we're influencing and hopefully increasing profitability. So this is actually like a really exciting area of policy to be working on right now, because just like Justin said, there's action in Congress. There's also a lot of regulatory action going on. Um, so APTA has been advocating for a long time for CMS to do something specifically about prior authorization. And CMS has finally taken up the issue. Um, just recently, they released uh, three or four rules that all relate to prior authorization, standardizing the process across all the types of plans they regulate, which is Medicare Advantage, Marketplace Insurance, and Medicaid Managed Care, which if you follow policy, you know CMS doesn't very often regulate all three of those programs at one time. So this is a really big deal. But Ultimately, we're really excited to see the outcomes of these rules because it's going to require, like I said, streamlining prior auth. Plans are going to have to respond within certain timeframes. They're going to have to provide clear evidentiary standards and then publicly report data on their prior auth processes, including like the average amount of time it took for them to respond, um, the average rates of denials, and even rates of successful appeals. So this transparency is going to really put a spotlight on plants who are abusing administrative burden as a way to like dissuade people from getting care. So even though these rules aren't final yet, we've already seen a number of insurance companies react. Um, we've seen some of them even drop prior authorization altogether for physical therapy. Mm. That, that's probably a good transition, right? We can't talk about payments and costs without perhaps bring the the conversation or, or guiding the conversation to uh, insurance, right? And so, so what are we, what kind of work are, are we doing through APTA with the carriers? Yeah, it's kind of been the elephant in the room that we haven't <laughs> touched on yet, right? Like, why yeah. aren't we talking about United Healthcare and we're spending all of our time talking about, you know, fee-for-service Medicare? So let me say first that there's some limitations on what APTA can do. Um, we're not a union, um, we're not a collective bargaining entity, so we have to be really careful, careful about not violating federal antitrust law. So we can't influence the contract you guys have with an insurance company. We can't influence the individual payment rates. Um, but we can do a lot of things um, 
that uh, are going to end up having a positive impact on your business. So at at the national level, we maintain relationships with the biggest players like United, Cigna, Aetna. We meet with them on a regular basis. On more regional uh, or local plans, we have state chapters, of course, in every state. And each state chapter has a payment chair. Sometimes they even have a whole payment committee. They field questions from the chapter members. And then they often meet with the insurers themselves. Me and my staff support those chapters with like strategy, resources, even joining them with those meetings. And through this work, sort of like soft policy, soft lobbying, we can influence plans to get them to address issues like erroneous claims, denials, or system errors. Sometimes we can convince them to cover new services, reduce administrative burden, and even, like I was talking about earlier, quality payment programs so that high-quality PTs can make even more money. What are things that PTs can do to help APTA, right? Because, you know, we said earlier, it takes a village. And so you all can only do so much, right? But what are things that PTs, people in the community can, can get involved in to help with these, with these challenges, to help, uh, you know, lessen the squeeze that, that the PTs are, are seeing? Well, the first thing I would recommend for folks, if they're, if they're members of, of APTA, is to visit the, uh, the State Payment Advocacy Resource Center, also known as SPARC, uh, a new tool that was developed and rolled out, I believe it was last year, uh, by APTA and by APTA Private Practice. It is a one-stop shopping uh, site for information, uh, background information, uh, tools uh, that individuals as well as individual practices can utilize to advocate for themselves on payment and administrative burden issues. And so when we talk about it being it taking a village, um, you know, this is something that everyone who's a member of APTA can go to this site, APTA.org, look under the payment section. You'll see a link to the State Payment Advocacy Resource Center and go there and find, look at those tools, look at that information that's there to help, again, individuals to fight back on some of these policies uh, that, again, are costing money um, and reducing uh, payments. So that would be one, one step that I think everyone who's a member could, could take. And, you know, another thing that uh, members can do is at the state level, get involved with your state chapter. Um, you know, state chapters have a number of avenues for folks to get involved in advocacy, whether it's state legislative advocacy or payment advocacy. And so if you're passionate about payment, uh, talk to your state chapter. Most chapters, as Kate mentioned, have payment committees and they're there to, they're there trying to address things like Medicaid payment, like the commercial payers in your state. And of course, things like workers comp. And of course, if you're not a member of APTA, uh, number one thing you can do is to become a member of APTA to help us fight on these issues. That that message was delivered by Justin Moore certainly <laughs> uh, to get to get uh, the word out. Absolutely, Aaron. What what are your thoughts there? You know, in addition to working with payers as well as with our individual members and chapters, we also try to educate consumers. We believe that having an educated consumer base can really assist us when it comes to advocating, again, at the insurer-based level, at the state level, as well as at the federal level. One way in which we do this and to make sure that the work that we're doing is resonating with consumers is by collecting data. 
We've done so in 2007. We've done so in 2016. And then in 2021, we followed up by conducting an additional research study that was part of this ongoing uh, information gathering strategy. And the study was really designed to assess public opinion of physical therapy, physical therapy services, attracts consistencies, changes in public perception, and identifies opportunities to improve public awareness. And, and we've learned that this has really paid off, that that consumers really have a good understanding of the benefits that physical therapy services provide. And we've seen that change throughout the years, looking at 20, 2007, 2016, and 2021. And just to provide a few specific areas in which we've seen this change is that, as an example, Consumers see the importance of improving their range of motion and mobility or level of physical activity. And while physical therapy usage hasn't changed since 2016, the reasons for seeing a physical therapist has. And there's now a greater emphasis on improving range of motion. And in addition, consumers place less emphasis on injury and recovery. And this positive change coincides with work that APTA has done in our public relation efforts to focus on on less on the bread and butter issues that PTs already own in the mind of consumers and more on the importance of movement in PTs as movement experts and the overall health and wellness equation. So that's one area in which we've seen growth in consumers and helping of us push agendas. We also know that PT users have significantly decreased the use of prescription pain meds since 2016. And this coincides, coincides with, with APTA's increased focus on pain management. And then finally, physical therapy users were more likely in 2021 than they were in 2016 to say that they would consider seeing a PT without first receiving a referral. Although a majority of the respondents in 2021 still say they would not consider seeing a PT without a referral from their primary care provider, the sentiment among physical therapy users has improved since 2016. In 2021, 33% of physical therapy users said that they would go directly to a PT versus 23% in 2016. So we're seeing that consumers understand what PTs do really see us as being experts in the area of movement, seeing that we are an alternative to opioids and therefore opioids addiction, as well as are more willing than not to go straight to a PT as opposed to going to going to their primary care provider first. And also we there is a relationship there. We're seeing again that increase of people willing to just say, I realize that I need a PT for these various healthcare conditions and I'm willing to go there on my own. Kate, I, I understand APTA has influence in um, CPT codes. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on the involvement you all have? Yeah, happy to. Um, so as the, you know, the association representing physical therapy, we have kind of a permanent seat at the table with the American Medical Association's CPT and RUP committees. So those are the committees that create CPT codes from scratch. The CPT panel um, kind of defines the code, what goes into it, what does the provider actually do. And then the RUT committee is the one that sort of values it to determine how much it should be paid. Um, ultimately, payers decide how much they want to pay on their own, but the sort of relative value, how much a code gets scored compared to other codes is important. And so we've been driving um, new codes coming out of there for physical therapists um, for 
a long time, but we've had some success recently. Of course, we got the remote therapeutic monitoring codes um, to come out that were based on um, some similar codes that had previously existed. But we also just had some success getting some caregiver training codes um, put out by the committee, and we're hopeful to get those included in the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule this summer. Um, so hopefully that sort of work that a lot of physical therapists already do and just don't have a code to bill for it will continue to um, will continue to get more codes to represent that work so that you can get paid for the things that you do. Uh, that's great. So I got to tell you, I am learning all sorts of things that uh, APTA does today, and I feel like there's a lot that you all are doing that perhaps is just unknown. How are you educating people um, on the work that you all are doing overall? Well, I think, you know, first, if, you know, internally, we are always trying to educate our members, uh, through all of our communication channels, our social media platforms about, and podcasts like this one about the work that we are doing, uh, the issues that we are advocating on. Uh, but the other part of that, of that equation is educating, uh, external groups, uh, particularly policymakers about what is important to the PT profession and why the issues of payment and admin burden are so important. And so just two examples of that would be, you know, APTA is involved with a group called the National Conference of State Legislators, uh, NCSL, a national organization that is comprised of the 7,400 plus state legislators from all 50 states. And so this summer we'll be going to their annual conference talking a lot about payment at the state level, admin burden at the state level. And in July, we'll be rolling out our new national advertising campaign aimed at NCSL uh, that's going to really be focused on things like administrative burden, prior authorization, uh, Medicaid uh, payment rates. Of course, at the national level, APTA, we host our annual PT Day on Capitol Hill. And for 2023, that's coming up in just a few short weeks, uh, September, I mean, July 23rd and 24th uh, here in Washington, uh, D.C. We have over 400 people registered so far. And we'll be going up to Capitol Hill to talk about Medicare payment, the need for inflationary update, and administrative burden issues like the PTA uh, uh, issue and locum tenens. So hopefully folks will be able to join us as well uh, next month here. Here in D.C., again, to educate these policymakers about not only about payment, but also what is physical therapy about? What is the economic value we bring to the system and how can we be part of the solution when it comes to uh, health care? That is that is great. Well, Kate, Justin, Aaron, I think we are uh, just about out of time. But anything that uh, we want to leave our audience with? So there was one thing I'd like to add, and I think Justin just okay. teed us up pretty perfectly for this, and it's regarding economic value. So we are in the midst of completing an economic value of physical therapy report, which is a landmark analysis of the value of a range of physical therapy interventions. We know that as a profession, the health benefits and effectiveness of our interventions and the value we provide to help the healthcare sector is proven in the research literature. However, Despite this strong scientific base, we lack a high-quality study examining both effectiveness and the economic benefit that physical therapy provides. Therefore, we commissioned an analysis of the value of a range of physical therapy interventions to build a robust picture of our high-level impacts and the value this provides to the healthcare sector. We believe that this study will find that the treatments by physical therapists deliver both health and economic benefits. 
The interventions will be clinically effective and deliver net economic benefits with quality of life improvements exceeding treatment costs. If proven true, which we believe that's going to be the case when we have the, the final results, we're going to plan on using this in all of our advocacy efforts. Would you like everybody to know to be on the lookout for this work to be released in the fall, most likely September, October, November-ish in that time frame? We will certainly be on the lookout for it. And again, uh, Aaron, Justin, Kate, we very much appreciate the the effort and work that you all are doing uh, through the APTA uh, to help support our uh, PTs. And um, we appreciate you taking the time to spend with me here uh, today to educate our, our listeners on on all the good work that you all are doing. So thank you very much. Thank you to our Thanks, audience Jonathan. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to our audience as well for tuning in to the Therapy Matters podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. We look forward to seeing you guys all in the next episode. Thanks and have a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to Therapy Matters. Do you like the podcast? Give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. Want to be a guest or know someone that would be a great guest speaker? Contact me at allison.jones at raintreeinc.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N dot Jones at RaintreeInc.com. Therapy Matters is brought to you by Raintree, therapy and rehab's favorite EMR. Raintree is the only all-in-one therapy EMR delivering a complete and seamless end-to-end patient journey from first contact to payment to patient retention. To learn more about Raintree, visit us online at RaintreeInc.com.